Good morning, everybody. It is January 19, 2021, the 19th day of January of the year 2021. Coming to you from the ATL, Atlanta, Georgia, USA. Talking about Manchester's burning in today, this morning from Atlanta. It is late morning in the UK, early morning on the East Coast. The sun has not even risen yet. It hasn't even risen yet. All right. I want to give a, a, a couple of shout outs and, and so forth. This is going to be hopefully one of the shortest podcasts we've ever done on Manchester's Burning. I, I hope it is. I hope it is. Because <laughs> it's just been been podcast, video cast congestion. Okay. In case you missed it, I want to give a shout out to my to uh, my new contributors. Uh, that I hope to have on a regular basis, a weekly basis, and doing a weekly feature on both the Manchester United women's team with Adam Bateman and on the Manchester City women's team with Emma from the Manchester City Women Fan Cast. Excellent work. Beautiful. I mean, on point, intelligent, nuanced, knowledgeable, just throwing the knowledge out to everyone. I want to put it out there in the USA that we are doing a weekly feature on the Manchester United women's team and the Manchester City women's teams. Each week, each week, we're going to be talking about those two uh, wonderful clubs. And I want to thank Adam and Emma for contributing. And I, and I hope that they will continue to contribute to uh, these weekly features. In case you missed it, they are available on all of the podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, etc. And both are on the YouTube channel. Need some likes. I need some five-star ratings on the Apple. And I get people out there, particularly those who are interested in the FAWSL, women's football in the UK. You got some a lot of Americans playing over there in City and United, y'all. You had a lot of American women on the USWNT playing for City and United. All right. Check it out. Just check it out. All right. So this is, I heard this morning, waking up. You know, you all know that my least favorite team, and yeah, I'm sorry. I'm biased, y'all. Everyone's got biases. Everyone got judgment. My least favorite team in the EPL is Chelsea. That goes back to the oligarch buying the team back in the early part of this century and then getting Jose to manage the team twice and getting fired twice. And for one reason or another, I I just couldn't tolerate it. I couldn't tolerate watching him. I couldn't tolerate watching Chelsea. I didn't like even the color blue on the, on their shirts, on the Royal blue, whatever that means. And I just, Oh, and to get all the advantages, I, I, I at least I thought maybe it was just a subjective eye. But so I hear today again that Frank Lampard is on thin ice, and that um, report out of the UK is that he could be gone if his team bottles it against the Foxes or against anybody for that matter. And Rome oligarch Roman, Vladimir Putin friend. Yeah, I gotta put that out there. You can't you can't disconnect. It's just no you know, it's no six degrees of separation, there's two. But the oligarch Roman, he got he got a itchy pink slip finger. He liked to give out pink slips. Something don't work out, boom, out, gone. You're out, you out, 
You're fired. You're sacked. Get a cardboard box. Security will march you at the door. And that's what it may look like for Lampard. And it's a shame. It's a shame, shame of that because I'm not even sure what Chelsea's ethos is. Chop and change managers, chop and change teams, chop and change players. No wonder it don't work. No wonder it don't work. You could throw money at at everything that Chelsea does. They, they like to throw money at everything. They throw money at the managers, throw money at new players, and it's just chop and change, chop and change. It's not FIFA. It's not Football Manager 21. They're like real life chemistry, real life, you know, putting, you know, tactics, real life, all sorts of stuff going on in there. And I hear that Lampard's lost the dressing room. Well, when you chop and change a whole bunch of people in and out, no wonder. They started out in one direction last year, which I actually kind of liked. They got a youthful team, you know, a lot of young players coming through the academy, youthful players coming in, all this other stuff, you know, and they were playing very well. Lampard, I think, was the good manager for that group but then they decided oh okay we're gonna throw money at these german players throw them in there uh and get a whole chop and change and it hasn't worked now whose fault is that is that lampard's fault i do not know is it oligarch roman's fault yes why because he's the one agreeing to all this mess in the first place but of course who gets to get the axe frank you have not chelsea chelsea fans I, I don't know how y'all feel. I don't I don't know any Chelsea fans out there. I hear y'all on social media. I'm not sure what y'all think. Um, but frankly, to be honest with you, chopping and changing managers isn't going to work these days. You got to have an ethos. You got to have a system in place. You got to have a philosophy. You got to have a, something in place that's solid, a set of virtues to fall back on. And you don't. Chopping and changing players, chopping and changing managers isn't a virtue. Not in this, not in this world, not in this world. I don't think it ever has worked. Now I know maybe it all for y'all maybe had worked because you got lucky. You got lucky to have a great manager twice in Jose, but that don't work all the time. That don't work all the time. So I, I, I hope, I kind of hope he stays. I hope. I'm not going to cheer for y'all. I'm not going to cheer for Chelsea. Never, ever, ever, ever. Like Harry Potter. Never. No, I'm never going to cheer for Chelsea. All right. But I hope, though, I hope y'all stop the chop and change. Not shop. Well, it is shop. Roman shops. But it's chop and change. Not good, man. Not good. Not good. All right. At the end of this nice little advertisement for Inca. We're going to talk about Liverpool and Manchester United. I forgot to tell you that this one, that's what this podcast was about at the beginning. Well, I, I hope you see the title. And So we're going to talk about Liverpool and Manchester United coming up. So it's been a few days. Manchester's burning back on. Talking about instant, not so instant reaction. It's been a few days. Instant, not so instant reaction. I repeat myself. That's my problem. Manchester United, zero. Liverpool, zero at Anfield. Here's my first point, y'all. Again, I try to make this quick. I really am going to try to make this quick. I want to talk about Cousin Ale. Now, I'm mentioning that Cousin Ale, Ali, 
was a possible level five leader. Someone who is a self-actualized leader. Someone who has a hard self-determination and will to keep going, to keep the path, to stay on course, to have the perseverance despite all the naysayers, all the aliadas, the media, the fans who are split three ways, to have the perseverance, the will. And you had to have had all that stuff when you are a player and a, and a legend player for United. You have to have that, okay? So that was in that was in in there. <laughs> that was in there. That was in his mind when he started. But then you got to demonstrate that as a manager. And he has demonstrated that. He's demonstrated staying the course despite everything and having a process. And I hate the word process, but there's no other better term that I can think of right now off the top of my head. Manchester United has a process. They have a set of virtues. They got a process in place. And it's a slow process. And I know fans are fans and fans are going to get impatient. They're going to get impatient. And then you got this process that's ongoing with an ownership that is horrifically bad. The worst set of owners in the history of professional sports. The Glazer Luders. They are looters. They use the club as an ATM. I've said that over and over again. So despite that, Ali has kept the course. I don't know out of blind faith or loyalty, but he certainly got faith in himself. And so he's kept the process. Now, part of being a leader versus a manager is this. Leaders have a vision. Managers do day-to-day with very little vision. Do you understand? Let me repeat. Leaders have a vision and a set of processes, virtues, and so forth to reach that vision, okay, to reach whatever that vision is, whatever those goals are. And it's a slow vision. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen in a season. It doesn't happen in two seasons. It may happen in three to five seasons, okay? And that's what the path that Ali's gone on. And so the hope is, is that there's progression and I don't think there is a person alive who objectively can look at Manchester United since Ali Gunnar Solskjaer has started as manager of United. I don't think anyone from the objective eye would be able to say there has not been progression because there has there has been progression over time. Yes, there have been steps back. That 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 Tottenham match where I went ballistic. Yeah, that was steps back. Losing to Leipzig in the Champions League and getting knocked out was steps backwards. Yes. And that that drove the Ali out train. But at the end of the day, look at where United is. And so when we got talk about the Liverpool match, you could be a manager, not like in the football manager sense, but you could be a manager and just look at the game in isolation, in a vacuum. And say, okay, our goal is to win the game. What do we do to win the game? And you set up your lineup, you set up your tactics to attack Liverpool to win the game. Now, that's what a lot of fans out there are upset about. That that United didn't go out from the start to win the game. 
Well, what though that group of fans don't understand objectively and subjectively is if you do that to Liverpool, they will destroy you. When you have a tree and a shrubbery in the back line that United has, with if you put out no or just one holding midfielder and you go at them because they're vulnerable in the back, but because they put two center midfielders into their back line, this you're still going to get battered because guess what? They got a full front three, the pool does, that can burn you. And if you watch Liverpool enough, that's what happens. So, but you can just look at the game in isolation and say, okay, we should have gone at them. That's what fans say. United fans, some United fans are saying, we should have gone after them from the go. Just drop the hammer. That's one philosophy. Now, that's a philosophy also bearing in mind that honestly, Manchester United is a weaker side. They're a weaker side than Liverpool. They don't have the firepower that is on point on that are fit that Liverpool does at the front. So with that in mind, if you look at the game in isolation like a manager would in a business, you could, you know, you would have gotten blown out. United would have again run over 3-1 and another victory at, for Liverpool at Anfield, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 3-1. It would have been a 3-1 loss. But a leader looks at the big picture. A leader looks at the vision and like, okay, where are we trying to go? We're ahead in the table. We're up by three points on the table. So where are we going to go? What do we want to do? What's the big picture? The big picture is staying on top. We're three points ahead. Let's make sure that we stay on top. Let's not lose ground to the best team in England. Let's not lose ground to the defending champion. So let's make sure we don't get battered. Remember, also goal differential may play a part in all this stuff in the end. So there's that big picture factor. The big picture is if we lose, we are tied with the pool. If we win, yes, we go ahead. But that's unlikely if we just attack them. So we have less firepower. Then we need to then, okay, let's look at the big picture and play it a little bit pragmatic and a little bit safer because we want to look at the big picture moving forward. So then you do go ahead and put a lineup out there where you have a tree and a shrubbery, a tree, McGuire, and a shrubbery in Lindelof, and you have holding midfielders, McTominay, Fred, and you got Pogba, who ended up playing more on the right for a lot of part of the match. And you got Fernandez in the midfield. All right? That is a pragmatic lineup. A lot of people didn't like to see that. They wanted to see Bailey out there. They wanted to see Van de Beek out there. They wanted to see, you know, they wanted to see more of a higher line. They wanted to see more upfront push, which if you are a little bit faster in the back, you are able to do. But looking at the big picture, Cousin Ollie said, nah, I want to play it a little bit safe today. I'm going to play a little bit safe. 
So he selected a lineup, selected a strategy to be a little bit more pragmatic and not get batted and hopefully have an opportunity in the end to win. And actually, it played out. They did have an opportunity to win at the end. They didn't get battered. They survived the onslaught. That's the first point. Second point, I want to talk about the defense. Thinking, thinking about surviving that onslaught. So in the back line, you had Juan Basaka, you had the Shrubbery in Lindelof, you had a tree in McGuire, and then you had Luke Shaw. Now, Luke Shaw is probably one of the most divisive next to Pogba, and now McGuire, one of the most divisive players in the sense of fan perception that we have. You know, there's been times where, you know, I mean, Mourinho battered him, you know, made fun of his weight. People make fun of his weight. People make fun when he gets hurt a lot. And, you know, then he starts eating pies and trees and and, and dog biscuits and and, and uh, ground beef from the floor and, and burgers and chips and, and, you know, anything, you know, and just blooms up, you know, while injured, it's not fit, all this other stuff. But the thing of it is, there is one Luke Shaw has made a massive transformation in fitness. Again, progression over time. Luke Shaw is actually one of United's best players. You look at how many touches he has, how many uh, defensive actions he has, how much, you know, you look at all that stuff. And subjectively and objectively, if you look at the stats, Luke Shaw is one of United's best players. And he had another very good game today. You look at how many touches he had. You look at how many challenges he had. You look at how he played on the field and so forth. He's a solid player. Solid. He did his thing and he did it very well. And also, the other thing is, y'all, the shrubbery in the tree actually worked. I don't know if it's Lindelof being a little bit better physically. I don't know. Uh, it could be. It could be that he's feeling a little bit better. Uh, it's possible. But they both had a very good game. I mean, I can't even count. How many blocks did Liverpool suffer? Meaning, uh, uh, you know, meaning their shots got blocked by Maguire. Or they got blocked by Lindelof. They got blocked by somebody. That's what center defenders are supposed to do. They just, they just like, made it hard. You know, Liverpool really didn't have many chances to score. There were two situations where, where I saw maybe they had a chance. Their best chance was that crossover, and I think it was um, Firmino almost got it in. That you know, But Maguire was right on top of him, doing exactly what he was supposed to do. Then Thiago hit that shot from long range. I, I'm sure the XG on that, I didn't look it up. Um, that XG probably pretty low, but it, it was a beautiful shot, though. De Gea saved it. De Gea wasn't challenged all that much, to be honest. The defense did his job. Juan Basaka did his thing. He did what he did best. What did he do best? Tackle. He played a very good game. Lindelof played a very good game. He was where he was supposed to be. McGuire was supposed to be where he was. He challenged. He did what he... All that back line did exactly. They absorbed. And then, yeah, they had the holding midfielders helping. But they did a lot of work, and they did an excellent job against one of the one probably the best front three in the league. And yeah, one of my Liverpool fans is saying, "Hey, they don't seem to have any chemistry." Firmino, Salah, Mane didn't have a lot. Of, they don't have a lot of chemistry this time around. They did just seem to not connect 
and so forth. Well, it's hard to connect when you're playing against a strong defense. And for once, United had a strong defensive back line. That's that's how I see it. The stats back it up. They really didn't have the pool, really didn't have the chances. They did not have strong opportunities. Each team had an XG of around 1.1. I think 1.19 to 1.2. United, now going to point three, United had more opportunities. They had more chances. The person that saved the match for for the pool was their goaltender, Allison. Was their goaltender. The two biggest opportunities that were XGs of over 0.3 that United had near the end, Pogba and Fernandez near the end, were ended up to be saves by Allison. And they were great saves. Any one of those balls could have gone in. And some people out there are going to say, yeah, one of them should. And then they go around and say, Pogba had a horrible game because he missed that shot. No, it was a great save. Not a missed opportunity in my book. When, it, when the goalie makes a save like that, that's not a missed opportunity. That That is to be blamed on, the, uh, on, the, on, the, on Pogba. Same for Fernandez. Now, Fernandez may be getting tired. May need a rest. Can't play every darn game. Sorry. Can't play every darn game. And this will be the way the congestion is. But the point is, is that United had more offensive chances at the end of the game than the pool. And the fact that they were not able to convert was not as much as fought on Pogba and Fernandez on the offense. And maybe Rashford should have passed when he didn't. But I'm, you know, but the point is, is that Allison made some strong saves. He kept the pool drawn in that match. So it wasn't as much to me missed opportunities by United to win. Was that, you know, they played a, one of the best goalies in the league, if not the best. He had to save the game for him because they had a makeshift back line. So, looking back, in conclusion, United fans, I know you split about this. You know, like, you're disappointed that they didn't win. You're disappointed that you sh- there are a lot of people saying should have won. I don't think so. They could have won, yes. But it was not... Because Fernandez blew it or Pogba bottled the shot or Rashford didn't make the right decisions. That's not the case. The subjective eye and the objective test show otherwise. Allison made some great saves. That's what it come down to. And at the end of the day, the big picture is still the big picture. Guess what? United is still ahead on the table. And I know that City's stinking up now and they got a chance to overtake United for that first place slot but the process is still in place the process is still in place because of those drop points the big picture is United's on top still over three points over the pool 
They're not tied with the pool. The pool is sitting, what, fourth? Instead of first? From the big picture, that's important. And that's, I think, the takeaway. The big picture is still important. And level five leaders who are trying to be level five leaders look at the vision and look at progression over time. And the objective test of progression for United under Ale over the last two years is a slow, methodical progression. Fans have a hard time being patient. The all out mob looks for every opportunity to go after this leader who's turning into a leader rather than just a manager. Manchester's burning is going to shut down for right now. Know the light is there. Acknowledge the light. Embrace it. But also know that the darkness is also out there as well. Don't let the darkness hug you ever. And if it does, reach out. Take care of yourself. Get some help. Reach out to people that that care about you. And take care of yourself too. Manchester is burning is out from the ATL. We'll talk to you tomorrow.